Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to the How Social Are You podcast, where we ask the question, are we more or less social because of social media? This is Mark Lindheimer, and you are listening to podcast episode number five. Today on the podcast, we're going to meet a friend of mine, Thomas Hare, who I'm not embarrassed to say I kind of stalked on social media. Thomas and I ultimately became friends. Thomas is the editor-in-chief of Response Magazine. He's a journalist and a huge sports fan, especially of the local Los Angeles teams. I'm excited for you to hear Thomas' unique perspective on social media, how it has impacted his business and his life. So let's get started. podcast. Thanks for having me, Mark. I really appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to uh, talking with you. I know we had a couple of hits and misses in our schedule and um, mostly on me, so I'm glad we were able to work this out. Um, let's start off, uh, you know, this podcast is about, you know, are we more or less social because of social media? But I want to get a little bit of your background uh, so mm-hmm. that the listeners understand where you're coming from and your perspective. So if you wouldn't mind, why don't you talk a little bit about Response Magazine and uh, your kind of evolution there and involvement with, with that magazine? Sure, sure. Um, you know, we started out, uh, the magazine actually started out uh, 25 years ago this fall. Um, one of the things we've been working on lately. Yeah, thank you. Is uh, One of the things we've been working on is our 25th anniversary logo lately um but um i've been there almost 16 years as the editor um about i've been the lead editor since i got there and i've been uh, carrying the editor and teach editor-in-chief title for about the last 11 years so um you know when i got there the magazine uh, response was definitely um wholeheartedly part of the infomercial industry um it was at that point in time I had, I, had, I had come out of college and done PR and marketing writing. I was a journalism major, but I'd done PR and marketing writing. And uh, a couple of years before I joined Response, I decided I wanted to get back into uh, the journalism world and uh, had gone to a different trade magazine. But when I joined Response and I learned that there was a trade magazine about infomercial marketing, I was I basically realized at that point that 
there's a magazine about everything. And I think digitally that actually has grown. Maybe not in the, maybe not print magazines, but digitally there is something about every single topic you could find. Um, over the years at Response, we've changed with the times and we've changed with how marketing works um, uh, and what we cover. Uh, we're really covering omni-channel performance-based marketing at this point. You know, so digital, uh, social, mobile. Still have our foot in TV, radio. Out, outdoor, um, all those different things that come together to make an omni-channel campaign work, uh, an omni-channel campaign that is that is a performance-based campaign so that the marketer themselves is measuring the performance of each bit of their campaign, um, whether it's sales, leads, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, actually coming from the DRTV or what we called the DRTV side um, through into that made a lot of sense. As more and more marketers are, are measuring performance everywhere, uh, we feel like that infomercial industry and the DRTV marketers, which stands for direct response television, were the first ones who were really measuring sales ROI from advertising. Uh, so um, been there for some time. We started a trade show 10 years ago called Response Expo, very creatively named <laughs> based off of the magazine. Uh, we're up, uh, we're, we're heading into our 11th year in 2017. We uh, generally have somewhere between 3,000 and 3,500 attendees visit us in San Diego every spring. Um, we also operate the DRMA, which is the networking and educational alliance for uh, the, those in the performance-based marketing industry with about 300 uh, to 325 member companies on a given day, just depends who's renewed. So, um, and that, that, as I said, the DRMA is our, our networking alliance, uh, with about 300 to 325 member companies. Um, and we, uh, provide networking opportunities for parties a year around the country, educational opportunities. We have a monthly newsletter just for members that uh, touches on legal regulatory aspects of the industry and more. So there's, uh, you know, there's, there's various facets. I, when I started there uh, as a magazine editor, I never thought I'd be running a trade show or a, a membership group of 325 big companies, but uh, here we are. So it's been, it's been quite an evolution. That's outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and you've seen the evolution of media over time. Uh, yes. it's, it, you know, obviously the, the magazine has evolved. And, um, so I'd, I'd like to ask you, how has social media impacted your, your magazine? Um, and how are you leveraging social media today for the magazine? I would say this, I think it starts with how the magazine's desire and our, and our publishing company's desire for social media affected my life. <laughs> First of all, um, I was not on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. Um, uh, and around, uh, 2008, 2009, um, the company told all the magazine editors, you have to have Facebook. And this was very, very early stages of Twitter, even before Twitter started. Um, you have to have Facebook and you have to do uh, do things to promote the magazine, the property. Um, at that point, we did have Response Expo, so we promoted that. But you have to you have to have a Facebook now. And I, I was not too keen on the idea. I wasn't really hot, uh, hot and, and heavy on having a social media presence at that point. Um I was in my late 30s. I was probably like uh, thinking that, oh, this is this is this is beneath us, right, or, or something along those lines. And um, so, but I, I did it. And um, at 
that point, I started out and, you know, with like with, with anyone who starts on Facebook, uh, you start accepting friend requests from various sectors of your life. And it was very immediately apparent to me with how many people were coming in from, you know, high school and college, past past people in my life, um, that I had a choice. I could either make this completely professional and staid and boring, or I could just be myself. And if you were uh, someone who followed me on Facebook or the magazine on Facebook um, for professional information and you didn't really want to deal with uh, personal information, well, that was going to probably be too bad. But you were definitely going to get to know who I was and what our thoughts behind the magazine were. And it was really that decision that kind of prompted me forward and, and really um, uh, made me realize how, how valuable it could be. We started Response and Response Expo on the DRMA's Facebook pages shortly thereafter. Um, and they've been just wonderful for us, um, uh, over time. We have, you know, thousands of followers across those, those three Facebook pages. Then Twitter came along and, um, uh, I took Twitter as a personal affront. Uh, I was like, who can tell a story in 140 characters? I need 2,400 words. You know? Oh, please. Oh, please. <laughs> um, um, so uh, I, I, I avoided Twitter as long as I could. And uh, I have to say this. Uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend when this happened about uh, five or six years ago, she was the one like, you got You should get on Twitter. You have a, you have a lot to say. You're opinionated. You're funny. Um, you know, she was very kind because she's she was my girlfriend. And she became my wife. But you should get on Twitter, follow people that interest you, follow things that interest you. You can take response to Twitter, all those different things. And I, I was really touch and go on it. And I think I've actually attacked at the end of the day, I attacked Twitter faster and harder than I did Facebook once I saw what was going on there. Um, and it's the same thing with the response properties. It's just been very, very solid for us getting news out, um, getting marketing information out, you know, marketing for our trade show, marketing our, our, uh, networking group, um, straight news from the magazine site, um, all of those different things, the, di the different, um, things that we follow. I mean, I, you know, the things that I follow on my personal Twitter versus the things we follow on our, our properties, Twitter accounts. Um, you know, it opens up a whole new world uh, to you and then it opened up a whole new world to us and has changed you know, what we do, how we do it, how we time it, um, so forth and so on. Now that's, that's really valuable information. And I love your perspective of taking a personal approach to your, your Facebook and Twitter accounts, uh, as you weave it through, um, response magazine mm -hmm. and your interaction on social media. Of course, you know, I've followed you for a while. The first yep. time that I found you was through, you know, this, this uh, freelance uh, gig that you have with uscfootball.com. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say that I stalked you on social <laughs> media and, and we became friends, which is really kind of yeah. cool. I mean, that's, that to me is one of the really amazing offshoots of, of social media is that you can be a fan of someone and ultimately, you know, cause I really appreciate you, the, the, the time and effort and, and knowledge that you bring to the articles you write, and we can talk about mm -hmm. that. But mm -hmm. also, you know, you have an opportunity to engage if you're willing to. And, right. and there, it's, it's, you know, it's, it becomes a more fulfilling experience when you do make personal connections through social media. And that's sort of the, you know, the how social are you uh, mm -hmm. 
aspect of it is you can become, you know, more social through social media in certain ways, as long as you ultimately value the personal connection uh, that that comes of it. So why, yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, your your uh, your passion project, I guess you would say. Uh, maybe right. you wouldn't describe it as that, but the, knowing how much work you put into it, um, yep. and and how that's affected your social media experience. Well, I would say probably that that, that USCfootball.com um, was really my first real experience with social media because I started out out twenty years ago on a message board started by Ryan Abraham. He was a USC graduate uh, within a year. I graduated in '94. I believe Ryan graduated in '95. And he started, you know, he was an engineering uh, major, just loved having been at SC, loved SC football, all those different things. And he started up a message board. Um, and I found that message board and, and you know, now um, uh, sports message boards have become huge business, right? The mess- uh, sports, uh, college sports specifically, you know, pro sports too, but college sports has the passion that you have, that people have for college sports, I think adds a different level to it. So, I got involved on the message boards there, As did and I. writing, I was, I yeah, was and there writing at the same time, yeah, writing, interacting. Um, you know, I think that that uh, you could probably point to the message boards as like the first ever "do not read the comments" kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, because you can go down a rabbit hole really fast. And uh, but you know, made friends on there, made friends that I still tailgate with today at SC games. I mean, it's you know, we we travel to road games and we see each other. Um, uh, you know, we try to sit together, those type I mean, that kind of those kinds of friendships, um, which is crazy to think about uh, when you think about where the Internet was in 1996. Um, you know, so I think that's where it kind of started for me is seeing that kind of interaction. And, and I've run hot and cold on on the message boards over the years. There's times where I just can't take it. And there's times where I get involved. And, you know, I mean, I think I think any sane person, that's the way you feel about it. Yeah. Um, Moderation you know, is the key. Yeah, exactly. And, and so and I think it also taught me how to deal with my with my current uh, social media aspect. So around about, um, I don't know, maybe it was. 99 or 2000, I wrote a post-game recap of a, an SC win over UCLA and posted it on the message board. And I actually treated it, instead of just a message board post, I kind of treated it as a piece of journalism that I, that I would have written. Um, and I think that caught Ryan's eye over time. Uh, and I, I had a few more of those that, that caught, may have caught his eye over time. And um, he eventually asked me and another another guy, Ted Ted Venegas, who who uh, was on the message boards as well, to write game previews because we kind of came at it from different angles. Um, you know, Ted had been uh, much more involved in in, in high school football uh, and coaching and so forth, and really had a hardcore X and O angle where I had more of the, I think, the layman's view and the fans' view, but also the journalistic capability to really write about the other teams that we were playing. And, and so for now, I'm going into, I think, my 16th or 17th year now of writing game previews every week for uscfootball.com. And they're very much, they're still pretty old school. Every year I ask Ryan, hey, do you want me to update how I do this? I mean, they're 
couple thousand words. It's a long, it's what, uh, it's what now in the uh, digital journalism era, they call long form writing, which mm -hmm. to me is just a story. Um, but, but, um, you know, and he says, no, we get good readership. People like to read these. You do a great job previewing the opposition. People enjoy your take and your thoughts on what you think SC should do. So keep at it. Um, so I'm actually, uh, been working, you know, in my spare time as much as I have any, on my Pac-12 preview, uh, which I'll probably post up uh, late next week, and then uh, preview the first uh, game against Alabama here, that'll post up the week of that game. So I think I'll say this, I th and, and, and then knowing how to promote those stories on the message board over the years was, again, another great lesson for me for knowing how to run the promotional side or the, the, the side of my social media feeds that wasn't just me, that was like two response expo or to usc football to 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 get people to jump to a link that i wanted them to read that early message board and how i crafted those message board messages to get people to read my stuff is really still how i how i craft these things now um you know obviously you tweak it you learn the you learn the the language of the of the medium and, and so forth but um you know that really was kind of i think the initial foray for me i feel like into a social media digital social media atmosphere so yeah, there's no there's no coincidences, right? And and mm -hmm. so you know that experience that you had really really prepared you uh, for this you know evolution into social media. And mm -hmm. and uh, you know I vividly remember your writing on the message boards um, and Ted's and mm -hmm. um, and have really enjoyed through the years being a member as they've you know gone more pay per you know uh, information and there's so much value on those sites uh, as yep. a fan and yep. uh, and and also you do make connections and you do make friendships and you do enjoy meeting people just like you and I have so I mean look it's, a, it's Ryan Ryan I mean obviously that, that site's grown as immeasurably into into a massive it's part of scout.com which is a massive business right um, and but I mean all the way down to the fact that Ryan met his wife through the job she was working she was doing the same similar things with tennessee football and they met it they met at a, what was then a rivals.com conference but i mean you know that's that talk about taking the social uh to the real <laughs> you know yeah it's 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 amazing how these these social connections evolve mm -hmm. and um you know, and and focusing on the positives, right? You know, mm -hmm. we're not right. we're not getting involved in the negative and the and the the rat holes that can be, yep. you know, and that can be in any topic, you know, any right. topic in social media. And what I love about social media, especially on Twitter, is that you can curate your own content. Absolutely. You can filter out what you don't want to see or engage in, um, mm -hmm. and, or but you can find things that are of interest to you, and you can make connections in that way. So it's it's a super powerful. Um, way of of you know really you best leveraging information that's so available to us in in a in a massive way and narrowing it down. So let's mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about you know social media for you. How much time do you typically spend between you know the personal business mm -hmm. uh, side? How much time do you think you spend a day on social media? Too much. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's an honest um, answer. I like that. Um, I think, uh, I'll, you know, okay, I, so I'll go back to when I wake up in a minute, but when I come up, I, I work at home four days a week. I work out of a home office. Uh, one day a week I go into our offices, which are in Orange County, and, and uh, 
uh, when I get to the office, whether it's there or here, I come upstairs, I open up Outlook, which is our email provider for the, for work. And then I open up, uh, Firefox. I'm on a Mac, I open up Firefox and I open three tabs, my email, my personal email, Facebook and Twitter. And those three tabs are open all day long while I'm working. Um, I, you know, it, it depends on what's happening, how much I check them, but they're open all day long. Um, you know, if I'm writing a cover story or something along those lines, I, uh, I, I probably am not going to look at anything for four hours cause I'm working on something of, like of that nature. But if I'm doing something else, I might check it every 20 minutes just to see, you know, what, what's, what, what's up. Um, going back to when I wake up. And I have to check myself on this. I usually start my day with my phone in my hand before I even get up, uh, um, basically knocking out um, all the emails that come in. When you're when you're editor of a magazine, you get an awful lot of uh, PR pitches. And then when you're editor of a magazine on the West Coast, you get a lot of them before you wake up. <laughs> so, so I crush through my email pretty fast. And then I try to go back and look at the last half hour of Twitter just to get a reset for my day. Mm-hmm. Um, to get started to see, okay, what's the conversation right now? You know, I follow, I have various facets I follow. I have the work side, I have the sports side, I have politics side, uh, you know, uh, pop culture, all the different sectors that I follow. So I just want to get a feel for what's the buzz today and so forth. Now, as the election has gone on this year, as we, we've all noticed, I've actually tried to cut myself back on that because I don't want to wake up mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, you, you hop on Twitter in the morning these days and you can be mad in three minutes. Exactly. Um, right. So three as, seconds. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I've, I've, I've tried to dial that back. Um, I am on Twitter now more than anything. Uh, my wife probably ruse the day she told me to get on Twitter. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's effective for me. It's how I curate my news. Um, you know, and I, and I, and I'm very committed to, uh, not just being in my, my bubble when it comes to be news. I, I, I like to follow things that are varied, um, and, and to make sure I get, you know, various thoughts on the same idea if there's something that interests me. Um, and, um, you know, I follow, and at the same time, we have to follow, I follow, agencies and service providers and marketers in our business to see what they're talking about. Um, you get into the USC football stuff. I mean, uh, you know, uh, college football Twitter is, is I, I love it. I think it's hilarious. I think there's so much comedy there. There's so many great writers, so many great sources. There's a real insider feel to it when you're reading it. Um, it's, it's really made my enjoyment of it that much better. Um, I think, and if, when you use social media right, that's what that's where you feel good about it. When it takes things that you already enjoy, or takes things that you're already interested with, and improves upon them, and that's, you know, of course, it's it's partly on the sources, but it's really on you because you can shut down. You can shut down if you you know. I try to follow things that might might irk me just to just to know what the other side of any given topic is thinking. But if it's someone who, for lack of a better word, is essentially you just after a while, you figure out that, well, that person's just a troll. I mean, that's just a troll, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Then you can make that move and shut it down. So I think, I think that's the greatness of social media is that you can curate it. And when it really brings that extra level of enjoyment or interest to something that you're already interested in, whether it's personally or professionally. No, that's, that's, that's a great suggestion. And I think that 
that is one of the challenges that people may have is is curating content and uh, you know not getting drawn into things that become you know uh, enveloping uh, mm-hmm. you know, finding finding what you like finding an information that is useful uh, finding things that make you think and right. uh, and you know but also recognizing when you could potentially be going in a direction that isn't useful and so mm-hmm. and, and you have the power to do that and I don't know that a lot of people realize they have the power to do that and right. um, you know the same thing on Facebook you can filter your content on Facebook as well mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I've been very especially in the political season I've been very careful about that both in Twitter and Facebook you know to make sure that I'm filtering things that you know that don't take me in a direction that like you said you know starting your day upset is no fun right so <laughs> right. so uh, you know i think i think that's uh you know great advice for for the listeners so let's let's talk a little bit cuz i i follow you on, on social media you know mm-hmm. i see i see what you post you know you're mm-hmm. incredibly social you and kate are you know your, your wife caitlin you're everywhere you know you're yeah. at, you're at sporting events you're at concerts you're at dinners you're at bars you're mm-hmm. at all these different mm-hmm. places you're always checking in and posting and i mm-hmm. really love your brand socially but mm-hmm. the question i have is you know are you able to you know uh, recognize kind of that scene in in your in your in your day-to-day as you go about these different things that you do, do you see, you know, maybe are you, uh, that people are more into their phones than they are the people Oof. they're with? Yeah, yeah, that definitely happens, and it's something I have to check myself on for sure. Um, you know, I look at uh, my dad and my aunt, neither one of them have a smartphone, and and so when I'm around them, I try to dial back how much I'm, I'm on my phone um, because I, I think, I mean, I don't always succeed, uh, honestly, but you try to do that because you, you try to you try to be respectful of everybody. Now, the whole thing with uh, with us, with me and Caitlin, and then how active we are, especially like on Facebook and or Instagram. I think I think if if you know us and you, you notice that when we go dark on Instagram for three or four days, that's when like you realize, oh, they're they actually do spend time at home and just hang out and don't like go everywhere. 24 seven all the time. <laughs> like it's, it's like, take, it takes a reverse recognition because everyone's always coming up. This guy, you guys go everywhere. You do everything. Um, a lot of that idea comes from two, two things. Kate's family is back on the East coast. And two, you know, my, my, my dad and uh, my, uh, uh, had, he worked 40 years as a, as a mailman, um, he hasn't traveled a ton in his life. He hasn't, he, he's, he's had a lot of great experiences. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a, he's a huge factor in my life, but for him, it, a lot of it, a lot of it is simply started as, Hey, I want my dad to be able to see like these different things. You know, when we travel around, you know, whether, whether we go to, to Europe or we go to, um, on our honeymoon to Fiji or, or, you know, I mean, my dad's a person who started taking me to Dodger Stadium. So if something's happening at the stadium, I want him to, see, you know, to be able to see it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, these are important things. And I think that's where a lot of that started. Then also for Caitlin, for her family to see, hey, she's doing well out here. Um, for her dad, her dad's on Facebook, her, her brothers, you know, it's, it's good for them to see that. Um, I think, I think that's kind of where it comes from. Do we dial it back? From now now and then, yeah, yeah, we have to. You, you have to. You know, you're not, not going to see everything we're doing, obviously, but you're, you're going to see a lot of it. And, I, and we get a lot of positive feedback on it. 
which is nice. Um, you know, I'm sure people are tired of it. There's people out there who are tired of it, but, uh, but as, as, as we just talked about, they can curate us right out of their feed if they want to. So, so, uh, um, I think going back to the, the, the actual question, um, you, you, you have to be careful. Now, have you heard, have you heard the stuff about like concert venues, um, um, or certain concerts wanting to like deactivate cell phones. Yes. So you have like everybody taking photos of the show, right? Mm -hmm. I, that's a little big brothery to me. Like, I mean, you know, yes, we, I, you know, we want to experience it, but like, I also want to take a picture like at a certain point. I mean, if, you know, if I'm, if I, if I have floor tickets for you too, and Bono's out on a ramp, like 30 feet away from me, I want to take a picture. You know, you know, that's pretty awesome. So, and, and it's not, it's not like interfering with, with my enjoyment. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, when you got someone who basically tries to video the whole show, that's one thing, but, uh, so it's, you know, you got, I, I'm a little wary of event locations or other, or other people trying to take that accessibility out of our hands. I, I, I know that certain people can't be trusted with these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not silly. I, I know that there's certain people who just like have no uh, consideration for anybody else and just run around and, 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 uh, and do that kind of thing. But at a certain level, it's, it's, I think it's more on us as fellow people to be like, Hey man, can you, can you shut that down for a minute? It's, it's like, it's like you've got your phone up jammed up in my face for the entire show or the entire, whatever we're doing here. You know, take a couple pictures. Awesome. And then, you know, take a couple pictures later. Awesome. But like when you get into the, the venues shutting you down, that that seems a little touchy to me. Right. No, I think I think that is really interesting. And, and uh, that's a topic worth exploring in, in total mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. you know, there is, uh, you know, these these devices have become so ingrained in our lives and we do want to document everything And Facebook and Instagram and Twitter you know, they thrive on content, video content, mm -hmm. imagery, yeah. and, and um, you know, for a venue or an or a act to prevent that uh, chronicle seems like they would have a backlash they could not mm -hmm. believe. So it'd be really interesting mm -hmm. to see if anybody does try to do that and, um, you know, what the results will be. It'll be worth, uh, worth tracking. So Yeah, I mean, I get, I, get artists, I get artists asking for it too, but, um, you know that in the day and age where record sales don't really make you anything anymore and the tour does, I think it would be, it's beneficial to the artist if there's social media out there and a show in Philadelphia, when you're going to New York next and the person has six friends in New York. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's just <laughs> so. the, 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 the ability to go viral in a positive way around a, a video of a, of a band or an act is, is mm -hmm. I can't see any negative in it. That's, you know, that's just a, a really, uh, you know, interesting topic. Uh, and, yeah, for sure. And to see where that will go. Mm -hmm. So, well, Thomas, this has been outstanding. I'm so glad we were able to do this. I know we could probably talk for at least another hour um, on this, and maybe we'll revisit, you know, yeah. uh, in the future. But what I wanted to do was, you know, thank you so much for coming on, on the podcast um, you know, we covered a lot of information that I think will be, you know, valuable for the for the listeners. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, it's so interesting how your evolution, you know, from anti to very pro 
social media mm-hmm. has has changed over time, and I'd have to say I'm I'm in the same boat. So, mm-hmm. how would people find you on social media? Um, you know, both for Response Magazine and for you personally. Okay, let me run it down. I mean, we have so if we're talking. Um, on Facebook, we have Response Magazine, we have Response Expo, and we have the DRMA. Um, we also have a Response Magazine and the DRMA groups on LinkedIn to go into the, the professional realm of social media. Um, on Twitter, I personally am at TH Rants, R-A-N-T-S. Um, that kind of came from a blog that, uh, that I don't update enough. That's called Tom Rants. Um, but uh, that's how that's how I jumped into uh, to uh, Twitter. On Twitter, we also have Response Mag, Response Expo, and uh, the DRMA at the DRMA um, as well. We're also on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at thrants. I'm also we also have Response Expo on Instagram at Response Expo. So I think I think that covers it. How about you on Facebook? Uh, Thomas Hare. Okay. Can you spell that? H-A-I-R-E. H-A-I-R-E. Okay, so perfect. Um, Perfect. Well, this is great. I hope people reach out to you. I'll be, you know, publishing the podcast in the the next uh, week or so. And, um, you know, hopefully you'll be able to share it with your followers. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can we can uh, engender some some real conversation. You know, thanks, everybody, for for listening to this podcast with Thomas Hare from uh, Response Magazine. Yeah, he's a, he's a, become a great friend, and, and I really appreciate him coming on. You can find the podcast, uh, the How Social Are You podcast, on iTunes and uh, Stitcher, on Spreaker, as well as Google Play. Um, we'll be going out to other outlets in the near future. You can find me on Twitter at M. Lindheimer, also on Instagram at M. Lindheimer, and uh, you can email me, if you like, at the How Social Are You podcast at gmail.com. So uh, once again, thanks, Thomas, for being on the show. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll look forward to uh, sharing more content with you in the future. Take care, everybody. Okay.